Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, something strange has happened. With four games, two weeks left to go in the Pac-12 basketball season for men's basketball, the Arizona State Sun Devils are in first place. I know, all alone. All alone, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, crazy, honestly. It really is. Uh, that's the only way I can describe it because we've, we've had seasons where we've been near the top this late in the year, last year. Um, you know, a few others with when Harden was here, but those were teams that you kind of expected it. You kind of saw it coming. You kind of thought, okay, we, you know, last year was even frustrating that we weren't at the top because I felt like, you know, we, we were good enough to be this year was not that, you know, not, I mean, the first, um, two months of the season certainly did not feel like we'd be sitting here near the end of February talking about a chance to, to win the conference regular season title. Uh, it's, it's, kind of amazing what's turned around here asu is 19 and 8 10 and 4 in conference they have won seven straight games including victories at stanford at cal and over oregon at home yeah yeah only the ucla game at home was a route they have not setting aside that game they have not played a game with a final score greater than 10 points since they took on the Utah Utes, and that game uh, was our fifth conference game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we won that game, but then the next game after that was the Arizona game, <laughs> which, you know, we were down big in the first half. And, I, you know, I mean, I remember thinking, uh, both of us thought it. We texted at halftime, like, you know, eh, this one's already pretty much over. Are we even going to bother, you know, continuing to watch? Um, and yet, you know, if we lose that game, we're sitting there at two and four, we're, we're hovering around 500 overall. And you just think this is about to be a lost season, uh, you know, just kind of a wasted season. NIT, maybe if you're lucky. Um, and instead that, that comeback sparked everything. I mean, we did lose the next game on a last second shot in Pullman, but then since then seven straight wins and, and, uh, finding ways as you point, you know, I mean, you're right. Uh, They've been they've been nashers, you know. They've they've not there haven't been a lot of comfortable. Oh, we got this in the bag, but uh, we're finding a way to win games late and and you know get stops and make big buckets and and uh, just do enough to win. And here we are. ASU has never won a Pacific Conference basketball title regular season, no, or postseason, or post. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and I know the. You know, I mean, the official conference champion is the winner of the tournament. We'll hang a banner if we're the regular season winner. Oh, and, and I got to tell you, I feel like winning the regular season title would mean more to me um, if we were to get there. And, and you know, it's a tough road to get there still. You know, I mean, this, this road trip to L.A., you know, in the last few days has kind of flipped in the sense of now you, all of a sudden UCLA is playing well. Um, not sure what's happened and what's transpired there, but they're playing well and then USC really to be honest outplayed us in the game here now they have hit the skids a little bit since that game got swept against Colorado and Utah last week but it's a tough road trip so you know nothing is we're you know I don't want to act like oh this is all done we got this in the bag but if we were to win the regular season title outright that would be such a tremendously exciting feeling I mean it's not winning you know it's not going to the final four or anything like that I you know but 
to do something that's never been done before in school history would would just be awesome and would be uh, you know would be such a weird way for it to happen. You know, not a year where you went in thinking, and certainly not a year where you went into conference play thinking, you know, we could win this conference, um, and all of a sudden we've got this chance to. No, this is a far cry from that. Um, it really is. It is. I remember texting you about four weeks ago and saying, you know, we're only like, you know, one game back in the loss column. And I think both of us were like, yeah, that's cool. That's true. And, we are. Only and we one. haven't lost since. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's like, I don't know how this happened. I mean, I, I, I pointed it out as more, you know, a coincidence. Like, oh, yeah, we're not really that far out of top spot in the conference. Yeah. Certainly didn't think we'd get there. It felt more like a, a commentary on the fact that Oregon and Colorado kind right, of pulled away. Right. right, exactly, yeah. Which, I mean, to be honest, is, is helping us. Uh, you know, nobody has really emerged as a power in this conference. And, and all of a sudden, you know, us and UCLA, two teams that were kind of, you know, left for dead halfway, you know, into the season – um, are you know playing the best basketball of anybody right now in the conference? You'd say uh, it might be too late for UCLA, but it might not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they they could still get themselves into the picture. Yeah, UCLA is one of four teams with ten wins. ASU's ten and four with a half game lead on Oregon, Colorado, and UCLA, all ten and five. Arizona lurking at nine and five, a game yeah. back. And uh, yeah, then it you know USC is eight and seven, Stanford seven and seven. <laughs> Yeah, it gets yeah, a little I mean, weird. It does. It does. I mean, we are uh, we're in good position to finish among the top five. Obviously, based on those numbers, uh, the top four would be nice because that would get us the first round by there in the conference. And obviously, look, uh, I mean, you know, dream big. Um, I'm hoping we finish number one and win this thing. Uh, this weekend will be, you know, significant for that. I mean, I think we can. I think we can beat Washington, Washington State at home. Um, it's not a given, you know, again, based on the way we've been playing, every game is tough, but uh, those games feel winnable. And, and so can we, can we get one of two this week? And we, I mean, if we sweep this week, then it is, it's on a team for us. We will go into the last week, obviously with a chance to win it outright if we can win both this weekend, but that's a big if. Looking a little bigger picture, the, uh, General bracketology and bubble watch stories are now projecting ASU uh, should be in comfortably yeah. in uh, on the eight nine line, which would put I've us. Seen, yeah, I've seen a lot of eight nine spots. It seems like yeah, yeah. So you've got to feel good about the chances, at, you know, but you you can't take your foot off the gas. I mean, we said it last week. It you know. Right. No, I mean, we can't, you know, I don't think we are, you know, the, the bubble watch on the athletic always kind of uses the standard of to lock some team up. That means they could lose the rest of their games and still make the tournament. I don't think we're there yet. I mean, if we if we drop the last four and the first game of the Pac-12 tournament, we'd be in nervous territory. Uh, I think if we go two and two, right, you know, these last couple regular season weekends, then I think we're safely in. Uh, I mean, I, I'd be surprised given, given the way things have transpired and the wins that we've been able to put together against pretty good teams the last few weeks. I think that'd be enough to get us in. You know, finishing 8-2 and two in the last 10, which right now we're 6-0 and oh in that stretch, would be pretty solid. Yeah, and, and of course, the, the Pac-12 tournament's still there. The, sure, the sure. The downside yeah. 
it, to the extent there is one, uh, of being a high seed is the chance of losing a and taking a bad loss. A bad loss, <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, which we really haven't had this year. I mean, looking looking at our losses, we've got eight losses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and two of them to Colorado, tournament team. Uh, one to Oregon, a tournament team. One to Arizona, a tournament team. One to Creighton, who all of a sudden looks like, you know, a really good team. Um, St. Mary's. Mary's obviously blew the doors off us, but they're, you know, they're a borderline tournament team. Virginia. Um, Virginia, probably a tournament team. They've struggled a bit. And then Washington State, that's kind of the outlier. But that's a road game, a conference game. Doesn't hurt you too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we really don't have a ugly loss on the resume as far as like, oh, boy. Now, at home to Washington and Washington State could qualify as that. Um, although the, the computers love Washington, even though they're last place in the conference. Uh, you know, they, they've got the, uh, the, the the numbers because of their non-conference record and beating Baylor especially that, you know, like, ah, Washington's not bad. Now, losing to Washington State at home would be a, an ugly one to have on the resume, especially at the very end. Yeah. But... Can't complain about the the job Bobby Hurley has done. Um, a lot of the credit seems to be put on the Alonzo Verge to the bench. Uh, yeah. But I was really glad to see that Mickey Mitchell got a a full on feature story about the contributions yeah. he's made to this team after missing almost a season and a half. Um, yes. With, yes. Yeah. I mean, all of last year and, and a good chunk of this year. I don't know when he actually was. It was late the non-conference season that he came back, wasn't it? Yeah, and he one played those, like one, a one couple minutes first. You know, yeah. with some raucous cheering, right? Uh, just right. an acknowledgement yeah. of the work he put in, and it, and it kind of felt like that was what he was destined to do uh, this year. Early on, was play right. sort of a late career at ASU, Jaron Ship role. Of, yeah, look, yeah. we'll be happy he's in, but he's only playing. Two to he's ten minutes again. <laughs> yep, yep. But yeah, you're right. He's he's uh, been a pivotal player, especially the last couple of weeks with Jerry being injured. Elliot Thomas was suspended for the last you know previous weekend, and so we've you know we've needed guys to take those minutes, and he's been very good. He's he's one of those guys. I mean, Haller said it in that story that you know the stats never looked that amazing for him. He's he's not a guy who you know averages uh, you know eighteen and eight. Um, you know, he finishes a game with, you know, four points and three rebounds. And yet you watch and you're like, wow, he's, he's an important player out there. You know, he, he just kind of moves the ball. He plays good defense. Um, you know, just kind of a, a glue guy that has really helped this team become more than the sum of its parts, which early in the year, they were the opposite. You looked at this team early in the year, first half of the year, and you thought, well, this team should be better. You know, we got a veteran point guard. We got a good big man. We got these, you know, these JUCO guys who are supposed to be impact players, and they've had nice moments. It's like, why isn't this coming together? And the last few weeks, it all has. Yeah, it's it's really been interesting. It really is. I, I cannot remember a season like this. I really can't. Uh, you know, especially basketball, and even, and even crossing sports to football. In the years we followed ASU, a season that started out with some expectation and then appeared to be falling short of even that expectation and has just turned on a dime. I, there isn't, there isn't one that I can think of. We've got about 15 years, 16 years in the can now to, to, you know, recollect these types of seasons. And there's just not one I can think of like this. 
Well, and it is fascinating because, you know, the there aren't that many sports that allow for this opportunity. I guess baseball would be one where yeah. you can come out of the gate and struggle a little bit and then all of a sudden have time to turn it around. Right. True. You know, I mean, football is different because if you lose, you know, if you're two and four, you know, yeah, you can maybe work your way back to a bowl game, but your your hopes of really making any noise in terms of winning the conference, winning the division, they're gone. Um, and yeah, you're right. You know, basketball gives you a long enough season that you can you can be you know what? We're, so what? We're 19 and eight right now, and we've won nine out of ten. So before that, we were 10 and seven. Uh, that's not an overly impressive start. And and you know you can be that. And and if you find a hot streak. And I sure didn't think this team had it in them to find one, but they have. Uh, but, you know, then all of a sudden things can things can start looking a whole lot better for you. Yeah. So, as we continue to watch the bubble, uh, ASU's got a game on Pac-12. Two, uh, yeah. you know, two I guess of the last four are guaranteed on Pac-12. We don't know about Washington yet. I think it's on one of the ESPN channels. They just haven't said which one. I'm pretty sure. And the USC um, game is on ESPNU confirmed. Now. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, we got you know we're, we've uh, that's been another nice element of this winning streak is that our games have actually been on TV, home and away. Um, you know, so we'll, I, it's quite disappointing that Pac-12 has the UCLA ASU game because that's a big game. Uh, and the winner of that game emerges as as maybe the team to beat to in the conference, which you know again I keep saying this. Who had that four weeks ago? Um, uh, you know those they looked like teams that were probably going to be somewhere around seven, eight, nine in the conference, and now it's it's for the lead in the conference, or at least a share of the lead. Uh, I also think we'd be remiss if we did not mention the strength of Remy Martin's play during this run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the backbone of this team. A lot of guys have been good, but he is the he is the guy that makes it go. Yeah, con- I, you know, conference player of the week multiple times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Big shots against Oregon, too. I mean, that, that game on Thursday, uh, you know, that, that game, play late in the game when I think we were up by three, and he just got the ball outside, and it was, it was one of the, you know, just like, you know, a few dribbles, got that guy on his heels, take him inside, step back jumper. Uh, I mean, that was that was a killer play. It really was. And and he just was super confident in the moment. And he's, he's kind of achieved that role. Basketball has it where, you know, like big possession, you're protecting a lead, and you're sitting on the couch, and you're like, just get the ball in this guy's hands. I now feel that way when in, in these situations. Like, just get the ball in his hands, and I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, the team has struggled at the free throw line um, yeah, it, during yeah. this streak. It has not come back to bite them, but he has generally been consistent. Um, he's at 76 on the year. Edwards is at 74. Verge is at 73. Uh, yeah, and then the yeah. only other guy up there who has regular minutes is Jalen House, who has been yeah. a surprisingly good player this year. He's but I think. Solid. But I think what we have seen is he's now being used as a spurts guy. He, you yes, know, he's, yes, yes. Yeah, he, uh, his season to a slight extent reminds me a little of Remy Martin's freshman year where you know he, he had some really good spots early. By the end of the year, he was kind of 
you know, kind of fallen into a role of, hey, we're going to bring him in to play intense defense. Not going to give us much in the way of scoring, probably. Um, and and Martin has gotten better, you know, and hopefully yeah. House will too, because they're they're similar feels, not exact, but yeah. similar feels to their freshman years, I, I think. Well, and you know, after that loss to Colorado, and this maybe is part of it, on the run we're on, he played twelve minutes against Washington State, ten against UCLA, thirteen against USC. That's the high water mark, yeah, uh, and yeah. ten against Stanford. Otherwise, it's between five Single and nine digits. minutes. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and so that that element of the comparison probably isn't on because Martin was getting pretty good minutes, you know, throughout his freshman year. But I felt like his peak was early, and then by later in the year, he kind of, you know, he'd become more of a defensive specialist. You know, didn't really bring much to the table offensively. Uh, and House still feels that way. You know, like we, if we need a big stop, I mean, he was on the court in late possessions there. I noticed against USC and against Oregon. You know, we needed a stop. He was on the court. And, and so you can see that Hurley obviously trusts him defensively. Well, and with no cherry, he, he's really right. become the bench stopper. Right, right, yeah. Hopefully cherry comes back. I don't know if there's a chance this weekend. I mean, it wasn't supposed to be, you know, season ending or anything. He's missed the last four games. So, uh, you know, it'd be nice to have him back this weekend. And Lawrence has played well, you know. I mean, I did my fair share of, of critiquing the two of them when this team was struggling. Um, because I thought, you know, their lack of improvement was a big reason why. Uh, they both, you know, Cherry has been injured the last couple weekends, but played well. And, and Lawrence has just, I don't think he's ever going to be the star, we hoped, but he's found a way to be kind of a glue guy, kind of a Mickey Mitchell-esque player. I hoped for more, but at least he's given us something. Well, and the one thing that they all have, which has been shown by the fact that guys have had to miss time, is... They are at least size-wise interchangeable parts. Yeah, you know, yeah. They can generally, generally, those guys can guard two through five if they need. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, again, this this season is a hard one to put my brain around right now because I just didn't see this coming. I mean, uh, you know, the the majority of November, December, and even most of January, you watch this team and thought it's just not there. It's just, you know, there's something missing. We're, we're, we're not good enough, bottom line. And, and, uh, and, you know, to think that less than a month ago, again, I remember the two of us texting at the halftime of that Arizona game, which was January 25th, and talking about what's, what's wrong with this team? Where, you know, what are we, you know, and, and it's just not happening. And to think that we're here now is hard to believe. Unfortunately, we are here also at a stopping point because one of the two dogs that are at the house just rang the bell to go outside. So we're going to have to stop here. We will pick back up uh, and talk a little ASU football, but I have some dog parent duties I have to do. So, Matt, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. All right. And we're back. Through the miracle of modern technology, you had an instantaneous break, but Matt and I had about a three-minute break because of dogs and dog-related issues. Um, Matt, now that we are done with basketball, let's talk a little bit about football. Doug Haller, uh, did his 15, uh, things for ASU as they open spring ball on this February 24th. Uh, not, not a bad outlook for the, uh, defense, especially, I think. I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about this upcoming football season a lot over the next six months or so before the first game and first weekend of September. But um, you know, I'm 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 very excited by what this season should be. Very pretty high expectations, I'll say. I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to say very high in terms of like, oh, I think this team's going to win the national championship, and anything short of that will be a bust. It's not going to go that crazy, but. Um, you know, I, I do have fairly high expectations and, and all around. And I think that that's because all around, I think this team looks pretty strong. Certainly some, some spots that are concerns, but every team has that. There's not a single team in the country right now that every single position is a strength. You know, so I, I, I'm not feeling too bad as of right now. No, I, the most interesting one to me of the things he talked about was the offensive line because I saw today – that Ben Scott, the fresh redshirt yeah. freshman, lined up as the starting center as they wait to find out about Cade Cote. Right, um, right, yeah. It's good. I, there's a lot of you know, like those who who follow the program closely. I think, and you and I, I think, follow. You know, fit that profile. That Ben Scott kid's gotten a lot of rave reviews. Uh, you know, probably if you're just a casual you know observer, you haven't heard the name yet because he hasn't played yet. But I know there was talk of last year with their stories about Henderson and West that, well, that their best offensive lineman may be this kid. And, and they're really excited for this kid. And, you know, and then today that story mentioned it again. And so I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm hoping that he's as good as people seem to think. Because, um, you know, if, if, you, if you've got him and West and Henderson both continue to get better as they did over the course of last year, you know, that's, that's the foundation that you could hopefully build around for the next not just 2020, but 21 and maybe even 22, having, you know, three guys from the same class that could all be starters. Those are the types of things you look back on and say, well, that's that's where the, you know, championship team was built, basically. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you, you have to think that having them come in with Daniels means that they'll be able to develop a, you know, a common rhythm and, and the, the relation yeah. between quarterback and line especially this quarterback who i know you know what the other big story of the offseason is going to be how much weight he puts on right um, right yeah but he's never going to be a 215 pound quarterback no you know? no and no he shouldn't he's, be. Not, he's not cam newton or ben roethlisberger you know yeah i mean he's he's built uh you know as a skinny kid and and yeah i mean hopefully he can put on a little bit of weight and you know get stronger and be able to take hits better and all that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you don't, you don't want to see him balloon to, you know, 225 because that's going to completely change his game. And, you know, his game's, his game's pretty solid. Uh, still needs to, you know, improve just as everyone does from their freshman year. But, you know, yeah, you, you don't want to completely change his body to the point where it's like, uh, now he's not fast. And now what? Yeah. But, you know, the for me... The, the whole key is going to be the de- the defense. I'm a little bit intrigued um, with this whole edge rusher mixing things up. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think I saw that it was going to be uh, Lambert they're talking about putting yeah. that edge. And Talk about another guy that we've heard a lot about. Not seen him play much, but, you know, like this, is, this feels like the year where he's going to make the jump from, you know, intriguing piece to actually productive good player this feels like the season to do it yeah one and if the plan is as you would assume it would be to have 
Merlin and Butler um, sort of key the linebacking core. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you you trust your veteran corners, maybe not to be on islands necessarily, but no, you know in one on one coverage to generate a, let a pass rush generator you know come to bring yeah. five. It, it could be exciting, and if you can get pressure with four, who knows? Sure. But that sure. you know that agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah. I mean that I think is definitely an area. That is, you know, one you want to see improvement in. We were not a good pass rush team last year. Um, and, and, you know, the numbers for our defense were pretty good overall. And you feel like, boy, if we could add the pass rush element, then could we graduate into, uh, you know, a really good defense? I don't think we're, you know, the, the Pac-12 has good offenses. And I don't, I don't see us being, you know, a team that holds everybody to seven points or less. But can we be a team that, you know, we can count on consistently will keep the opponent under 20? And if that's the case with the offense that we think we have with the quarterback, the young receivers, all that, you know, that's the recipe for winning nine, 10 games, which again, is kind of my bar for this year. And I think most, most fans bar. Absolutely. And I I think as we look around the team, there's just so many things on the defense that you can point to as guys who are coming back that you feel good about it. And then when you go to the offensive side, Basically, it's Daniels, uh, Darby, and, and then a lot of hope. Yeah, it you is. Know? It is. Um, but, you know, but yet I think I don't feel that nervous about it. And, and maybe these are, you know, words that could come back to haunt me when next September we're struggling. And it's like, well, boy, I should have seen this coming. But I feel like the players that we've got, either the young guys who were with us last year and played some, or the freshmen that we're bringing in this year, I don't, you know, I, I think we can still be very productive at running back and wide receiver, in spite of not having a lot of returning production at either spot. I mean, you, you know, you're exactly right. Running back, obviously, you know, was the man for the last two years. Receiver, Ayuk was the top guy. Kyle Williams was, you know, the, the two or three, depending on the game. Well, and he was also the, the guy for anything you needed. Somebody who he was, he he was, was the he yeah. was the primary blocker on yes. on you know more almost more so than the tight ends, but on yeah. any downfield screen or receiver screen, it was always to it felt like always to a side he blocked. Yeah, um, it was, and he and, just and he, knew where you know, he'd be. <laughs> he's a good player. He was a very solid player, and I and I and I don't want to you know sit here and diminish and say, well, we're losing Eno Benjamin and Brandon Ayuk and Kyle Williams, but not, no big deal. Those are all good players, and, and, you know, Eno was a great running back for us. Ayuk had a great season and, you know, finished his 2018 season strong, and then 2019 he was really, really good. Um, and you're right about Kyle Williams. I mean, there, there will be holes to fill, but I'm believing, somewhat sight unseen, in the recruiting prowess that we're supposedly have shown. Now, we'll see. Ultimately, these guys got to do it on the field to back it up. Well, you got all the stars four, in the world doesn't matter. Four four-star receivers and two four-star right. running backs. So I'm so I'm believing that among that group, there's a dust now. Are all of them going to work out? Almost certainly not. I mean, it just doesn't work that way in, in recruiting. They're not all six going to become, you know, all-conference type players. Unless we're but Alabama. If, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's true, but that's probably not the case. Uh, but who knows, you know, but, but if, if we get, you know, between the two running backs, if maybe neither one of them is as good as Eno, but maybe combined they could do what Eno did. Um, 
and and of the receivers, you know, two of them become big time players, and you got the you know the two or three or four guys that played some this year, um, you know, as as freshmen, you know, you've got enough to feel pretty good about. Um, you throw enough bodies at the position, and hopefully your your best players emerge. And so, uh, you know, yeah, there's not a lot of returning experience at either one of those spots. You're right. But I'm not that concerned about it because I feel like, you know, we've recruited well, according to what everybody said. And, you know, that's just college sports. You're never going to have everybody back from the year before. You have to be able to, you know, plug gaps and and get better. And I I think we're in position to do that. Time will tell if we really are. Yeah. uh, I I want to believe. I guess the biggest question mark then is Hunter. Yeah, which, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not the worst thing to have a big question mark at it in spring practice. If that's if that's the position that you look at and say, "Boy, I'm not sure." Well, okay, you know, and and if it's still our biggest concern in you know October, then we're doing pretty well, you know. And and so I'll take it. I'll take it if if by week five or six, like, boy, that punting game still isn't very good, but everywhere else pretty strong. All right. Yeah. I, I suppose that's true. It, it's <laughs> we'll see. It, it'd we'll be see. a good I mean, problem. And look, if we score a lot, and that's the thing, you know, you always hope that you hope your punter isn't much of a factor. And I say that you know, sort of tongue in cheek, because you know, it could be a problem. We've had special teams derail games and derail seasons, and and so uh, you know, uh, do I still do I believe that? Yeah, if by week five punter is still our biggest concern, that we're having a pretty good year. Yes. But if it's one of several concerns and, you know, our offense is struggling and because, the you know, the punter is only averaging 30 yards a punt, we're giving up more points, that's, you know, that can be problematic. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. But overall, exciting times for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did notice in the Haller article, don't know if you picked this up, the mention of who's the backup quarterback and Ethan Long and... And it said, you know, Sun Devils could still add a veteran. I, I, I got to assume he thinks, probably from good sources, that there's still a chance we get a grad transfer. Uh, you know, somebody who's willing to kind of come in and, you know, be a, a fifth-year guy. No, he's not going to be the guy, but, you know, get a get a graduate uh, program in coaching or something along those lines. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I did notice that, and it's weird because, you know, you hear about – guys leaving who are going to be potential starters right and things but you know is this the new era where sometimes you just leave you know i think that might be yeah yeah or maybe you know you've got your degree and there actually is something you want to go do yeah maybe there is and maybe and maybe you have a tie to the coaching staff or to arizona or something you know and it's like well hey let me go spend my last year out there you know, I'm, I'll be ready to go if I'm called upon. But if not, you know, I'll, I'll uh, begin my post-playing career in one way or another. Who knows? I mean, I know USC just um, got a commitment from one of the one of the quarterbacks from Vandy, who was he was a fifth year guy. He ain't going to play there if all goes well. I mean, they've got Slovis, they've got JT Daniels coming off injury, but obviously that kid is. You know, hey, I'm going to go to USC. I'll spend a year there, and you know, great. And so, I, you know, I I read that story a couple weeks ago and even thought. It'd be nice if we could get a kid like that, and maybe we've got one in the pipeline for all I know. Yeah. Just a body. You know, just somebody that you feel comfortable playing if you had to. 
you know, putting him out there to start a game if Daniels has to miss one like last year, you know, something like that. Now, if Daniels misses, you know, six, seven, eight games, we're probably in big trouble. But if he misses one and that guy can come in and play well enough to give us a chance to win, okay, that's what you're looking for, I think. Yeah. So, all in all, a very positive start to spring ball. Sure. And it should be. I mean, now you just, you know, this is the time of year where you cross your fingers that that negative things don't happen. Injuries, suspensions, mysterious absences. They almost always do. It's part of spring practice. They happen to every team. You just hope to keep them to as, as minimum amount as possible. Yeah. But, you know, it is also one of the perks of doing your spring practice in late February. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we'll, uh, We'll see how things go. They're stretching it out longer this year. I noticed, uh, you know, taking the taking the week off for spring break. Uh, so it, I don't think we end until the last week of March, right? That spring spring game is that last Saturday. So we're, we got a little bit more normal calendar than we did last year. Yeah, just filling up more of it, which is good. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, I said it earlier. Six, you know, the next six months, and truly, it is about. About six months from now, we'll probably be doing our game-by-game projection, and we'll be heading into game week on September 3rd, I think is the first game, Thursday night. So it's uh, you know it's a ways away, but we're, I think we're in decent shape, and we'll see how things evolve between now and then, and when NAU comes to town to begin this campaign. Yep. Well, that's it. That's episode 249 in the books. We okay, are still okay. on track for our episode 250-something spectacular. With That's the right. Well, person. hopefully episode 250, which, as we've discussed, is probably going to be slated for around the week and a half, two weeks from now. Maybe we'll be talking about you know a Pac-12 regular season title. That'd be a nice way to celebrate number 250, but we'll see. We'll be back. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.